Hi, I'm Kimberly McKenzie. In honor of International Women's Day and Women's History Month, my perfect podcast partner Paul is taking a small break while we elevate some female voices. Last week, we hosted a virtual gathering of eight female leaders representing three different countries from five different time zones and who had very diverse backgrounds. This group is part of a creation circle for a new program at the intersection called Women in the Hub. I'm not sure anyone has tried to do this with a podcast before or how it will work, but the conversation was a rich one and we wanted to share it with you. We discuss what we wish we had known 10, 15, 20 years ago, what International Women's Day means to us, and how we need to come together to support, challenge, lift each other up, and celebrate all of our accomplishments, paid and unpaid. This podcast is longer than usual, and this iteration of it is unedited. You can find a shorter edited version at the Intersection Hub YouTube channel. Thank you for sharing your time with us today. Welcome to The Intersection. Well, in honor of International Women's Day, thank you all for being here. I'm Kimberly McKenzie, the CEO and founder of The Intersection Hub, brand new and um, The purpose of our meeting today is to establish an equitable, diverse, and inclusive group of female leaders who create a vision for how we can build community that lifts, inspires, and supports women to work for social change and social good. Um, Just because you're here today doesn't mean that you're making a commitment to show up every single time we have a meeting, but it means that you are now part of what I'm referring to as our creation circle. Before we start, I'd like to acknowledge that this gathering is being recorded on the traditional land of the Anishinaabeg people. We acknowledge that the enduring presence of First Nation, Métis and Inuit people on this land and are committed to moving forward in the spirit of reconciliation and respect. And with any new group of leaders, Uh, or any workshops or facilitations, I think it's nice to set out some rules of engagement. So before we do introduction, I'm just going to uh, read our rules of engagement for today. We will be intentional about inviting women from diverse backgrounds, cultures, and abilities to the table for all our conversations, and we will continue to widen our circle. We promise that we will support each other to choose family, mental health, physical health, and paid priorities first, We will take care of each other. This group will carry on and people may come and go and that's okay. We will challenge respectfully because we know that from tension comes traction. From friction comes progress. We will strive to do better and support each other with a promise that we will inquire for understanding, respectfully bring discrepancies to each other, either in the group or privately as appropriate. And finally, We're all a work in progress, building and learning as we go, trying the best we can to lead our communities and build new social structures during an incredibly challenging time. It's guaranteed that we may mess it up. We will forgive ourselves and each other. Um, And so having said that, with such a great group of women in the room today, let's start with some introductions. And to keep things moving, um, we have a little bit more time because we have a small group, but I'd like to structure the introductions with uh, your name, the traditional land you're speaking from, if you know it, or if you live in a territory, 
and um, how you identify. So I'll start with my name is Kimberly McKenzie. I'm speaking from the Anishinaabeg territory. Oh, I probably messed that up because it didn't sound right. Okay, but <laughs> um, and, and for that, I apologize, but I'll be better next time. Um, I identify as a woman, a wife, a mother, a stepmother, a comforter and a connector. So my name's Kimberly, nice to see you. Who would like to go next? I can go. Sure. Um, I'm Beth Ann Locke. Um, I've been a fundraiser for Donkey's Age and now am consulting. Um, I'm on the uh, First Nations of the Musqueam and Tsleil-Waututh. I'm a settler and still these are unceded lands unlike other lands in Canada. There was never any treaty here. Um, so uh, I think that's an important, uh, it, it's definitely important for the First Nations here to say that part of it. Um, I am, I, I identify as a female, I love being a woman, um, uh, a mom, I'm, I'm not, what else am I? I don't know, I like to create and I like to create joy, I'd say that. Um, and right now I'm helping fundraisers do their job better to help that money come out to the community and make the impact it's meant to make. Thanks, Beth Ann. Beautiful. I'll go next. Okay, Jen. Um, I'm Jen Love, and uh, I I'm live and work in Waterloo, Ontario, which is situated on the Haldeman Tract, and that is land that was promised to the Haudenosaunee of the Six Nations of the Grand River, and actually included six miles on either side of the Grand River. Um, and we're also within the territory of the neutral Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee people. Um, I identify, my pronouns are she, her, I am a woman, I'm a parent, uh, I'm a dog owner, I'm a feminist, and I'm a reader and a writer. Welcome, Jen. Thank you. Emma, would you like to go next? Sure, I'm Emma Bokma. In my day job, I am the Director of Learning and Innovation innovation, I'm still learning my title, uh, a community sector council of Nova Scotia, which is in Halifax, Nova Scotia. So I am an immigrant settler in Mi'kma'ki, the unceded territory of the Mi'kmaq people. I am a mother, I am a wife, and I am a sis my sister keepers. Uh, so my biological sisters, but uh, sister to many folks. Hmm. Uh, happy to be here. Thank you, Emma, we're glad you're here. Um, Kathy, would you like to go next? Absolutely. I am Kathy Archer and I am in Grimshaw, Alberta and Grimshaw is on the Treaty 8 territory. And so I just take a moment to honor all of the First Nations, Métis and Inuit people that have traveled here before me because there are many. <laughs> I help women leaders in nonprofits lead with confidence and so my work and my life is all about helping people reach their potential. I'm a mom, I am a wife, I am a grandma of five beautiful granddaughters. So being here about helping women and making sure that the world we live in as it progresses is really important for me so that things change for my granddaughters as well. I am a creator, I am a writer, I have a book, I'm a reader, podcast, uh, host, 
I could go on, but just grateful to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Kimberly. We're glad you had the space, Kathy. Thanks for joining us. Um, Angela, shall we pick on you next? Sure. I am Angela Barty. Um, so far, it looks like I might be the only one down from the United States. I am in Richmond, Virginia. Um, I'll have to investigate all the various Native communities um, that settled here before we, the rest of us came. But um, I know that I'm aware of the Pocahontas community that re resided in this area, but there are many more, I'm sure, but I'll know it next time. Um, I am a mom. I'm a woman. I identify as she, her, hers. I am a doctoral student. I am an educational fundraiser, particularly for higher education. Um, I am a strong advocate and believer that attending college, especially for first-generation students, can be transformative and change their lives. And so it is a treat to, for me to be a development professional and um, even more of a treat to join fellow sisters and women across the globe in lifting one another up. So thank you for letting me be here. Thank you for joining us. I'm really happy to have met you. We had a great chat. And um, did you mention CFRE? No, um, I just <laughs> passed my exam in January. So I have my CFRE license and I'm so glad it's over. Yeah. <laughs> it took a lot of studying. So I'm very proud of that certification for sure. Congratulations. Thank you. Now over to you, Claire, across the pond. Welcome. Oh, I need to apologize for the voice for starters, don't I? Uh, I'm Claire Warner. Uh, I am uh, calling in from the north of England, um, uh, the old Roman territory, let me tell you. <laughs> um, we live on an old Roman pack horse route. Um, I am a wife. I am a mum. I'm regularly a total mess. I am a female. I'm a she. My pronouns are she and her. Um, I used to be a fundraiser um, and now I work uh, on fundraiser well-being on the well-being of people who work in the fundraising and not-profit sector. So I help make sure that people who come together to to affect good in the world also look after themselves and make sure that they uh, are their best in every sense of the word not just giving as many hours as is humanly possible did that answer all the questions I'm sorry. Yes. yes thank you claire we're glad that you were able to be here and feed your children do you want to share your anniversary not to put you on the spot but today's a special day <laughs> uh yeah well, okay so uh kimberly and i uh, had a chat yesterday um and when I woke up this morning, somebody had tagged me in a photograph on Facebook. And four years ago yesterday, uh, I had the mastectomy that finally removed the very last bits of breast cancer from me. And so four years ago today, uh, yeah, this girl who I was on the hospital ward with, who had taken a picture of me because I didn't have a shred of hair on my head and I looked like a comedian off the English television, uh, took a picture of me and she posted it and <laughs> she tagged me in it this morning. And it kind of shows how far I've come because I had totally forgotten that that anniversary was even this month, let alone this day. So yeah, I'm quite pleased with yeah. that. On the day that we recorded a podcast telling the story of your breast cancer. Yeah. Like we talked about it for a good hour. We did. <laughs> And I just forgot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so great. We're all survivors and we're all here. And um, and I just can't imagine a better way to celebrate International Women's Day. Um, so we'll move on to the first item of discussion. Um, 
What? Oh, Lakeisha's here. Okay, well, she's just in time to introduce herself. Lakeisha, welcome to the Zoom room. We'll give her a sec. We need Jeopardy music. Yeah, do, 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 do. Okay. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Oh, good. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I just came out of a different Zoom. I apologize for my tardiness. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for making this a priority. Will, are you able to join us with your video today? Or is yeah, it that's what I'm going to. Yep, I'm changing rooms. Good. Okay. Away from my crew. So give me just one minute. <laughs> Well, Angela is also from the United States, so she's glad to have you here. I'm just throwing down that I'm American living in Canada. Oh, okay, okay, Louisa must not forget that. Thank you, Bethan. <laughs> uh, I was chatting with a friend of mine in India last night who is so sorry. I said, well, what time is one o'clock? Why don't you just come? And she said, Kimberly, it's... 2 a.m. in India, so I can't, but but the next time if we meet before 10 a.m. Eastern time, she will be able to join us, so <laughs> we'll move those things around. Hi, Lakeisha, nice to see you. So we're just up, oh, we now, now we can't hear you. Okay. So there we go. <laughs> All right. So you're at a bit of a disadvantage because you missed our introductions, but you can watch it later in the recording. Okay. Um, but, uh, and I know you have a toddler running around. Feel free to um, welcome her on camera because I'm sure we would all love to see her if she needs some okay. attention, okay? Yeah, she tends to pop in and crawl yeah. up under my desk and then. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. <laughs> um, so why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are and... Um, how you identify and, uh, oh, I put in there the three things you're most passionate about. So <laughs> you could go ahead with that. Okay. So I am Lakeisha Williams. Um, I am the executive director and co-founder of Project 1126 based here in Atlanta, Georgia in the United States. Um, do I, am I talking about myself or my business or just yourself? Just tell us who just you myself. are. Okay. We'll look you gotcha. up later. Yeah. Okay, so I'm Lakeisha Williams. Um, I am a mommy of five. And what were the, I don't have the paperwork in front of me, the passion? Yeah, how, how do you identify? So you identify as a mother? Yes. And, and I know you're an advocate. I am an advocate for women, absolutely, 1,000%. Um, should have put that, pulled that. No, that's agenda. all right. Okay. And <laughs> And I also know that you have, um, you're an incredibly resilient woman who was homeless for four years. You yes, are a correct. single mother and you work with, uh, tell us a little bit about the charity that you started and then we'll move on from there. Okay. So um, Project 1126, we help moms who are um, transitioning from homelessness, help them to build businesses um, as another option um, if they're not able to gain, you know, just traditional employment. So we help them um, with a 12-week micro-entrepreneurship program, um, as well as the support, one-on-one -on -one mentoring, and then funding at the end. So that way they're able to actually launch um, a registered business. Great, 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 great. Well, welcome. We're glad you're here. And, uh, and uh, we'll just jump right into our discussion, shall we? All right. Absolutely. So 
the the first item for discussion um, was what do you wish you had known 10, 15, or 20 years ago that you know now? And for me, I was 15 years ago, I was 35 years old, an executive director in a charity. And I wish I had known that I did not have to wear a skirt in the boardroom to be influential. And that the sloppy cheek kisses from the old white men were not part of my job description. So <laughs> that's what I wish I had known. <laughs> Who would like to go next? I'll pop in. Um, I guess about 15, 20 years ago, I decided to step away from my career after I had my first child and stayed at home. And so I love the experience. I ended up staying home for 14 more years, um, had my four children, ended up homeschooling them, which was not my expectation, but I loved every minute of it. Um, what I would have told myself back then is that re continuing my career, um, our companies and organizations don't quite look at stay-at-home moms re-entering the workforce in the same skilled way that they look at other employees that are coming from currently working situations outside of the home. And so if I would have considered it, I would have told myself to have another volunteer experience or keep some other active, maybe a part-time opportunity just to continue um, advancing in some area of skill development so that when I decided to re-engage full-time, um, I didn't look at like, well, to the outside world as if I had no experience at all. And so, of course, we know that as moms, that your experiences don't stop when you're staying at home um, and actually quite magnify in a lot of different areas. But um, our current working world sometimes doesn't really equate uh, women coming back into the workforce in the same way. So I would find some way to continue building my experience, either through volunteer experience or some other area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very good point. I was also an at-home mother for, um, uh, I was an at-home mother for six years and it was my volunteer work that led me into my career after my children were older. But yeah, it's a very good point, Angela. Thanks. Who would like to go next? I'm just going to text Comfort. Oh, there she is here. Comfort's joining us. Great. Um, Hi, I'm... Comfort. Hi, Comfort. Hello. Hi, Comfort. We see, we, well, we don't see you yet, but we hear you. And we hope that, um, I know we have so many different time zones here. It's kind of tricky. So I apologize if I didn't make that super clear. Um, uh, no, thank you for, for yeah, Allison just messaged me. I'm like, oh my goodness. I yeah, no, no, I know you really wanted to be here. So <laughs> you're yeah. very welcome. We're, um, right, I'll put my video on in just about two Okay, minutes. yeah, just we'll go to somebody else and then you can slowly warm up into being in this space, okay? Thank um, you. You're welcome. Next. Sure, Jen, go ahead. What I'm do you wish you had known? 10, 15, 20 years ago? So what I wish I had known 10, 15, 20 years ago was that um, my emotional capacity was a strength and not a weakness. Mm. Um, I got a lot of feedback uh, early in my career about, you know, 
it's all a bit too much with the feelings, Jen. And, you know, um, and I, I always felt that I had to kind of check that, you know, that I had to sort of leave the emotions at the door, check that stuff. Um, and I wish I had realized that it was actually a real strength of mine, my, not only my ability to relate to people emotionally, but also my ability to tell stories with great emotion and ask people questions that and elicit their emotions that I can then share with others is actually what I believe to be a magic formula uh, in fundraising. And so I wish I had known that my roller coaster emotional <laughs> self um, and my very high uh, empath capacity was a strength and not something that I should only focus on when I'm not at work. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. How many times have we tried not to cry at work when it was completely appropriate to do so? <laughs> I don't even bother to fake it anymore. As I don't know. fake I, it. I'm a crier. I will cry. Yeah. I'm all right with that. <laughs> I've already cried three times today. Yeah. Don't let <laughs> Who would like to go next? I'll, I'll go next after that because I just want to say amen to that, Jen, because that's exactly <laughs> where I was as well. And I could probably say the same thing. 15, 20 years ago, I was a leader in a nonprofit struggling with a lot of things. And the thing that I wish I had known then that I very clearly know now is that people aren't thinking about me as much as I think they're thinking about me. True, true, true. They're actually thinking about themselves. <laughs> and I take things personally far too often, or I think it's all about me and it's really not about me. And when I can learn to shift that, I can do a way different, uh, have a way different impact and uh, let go of a lot of that emotional baggage that gets in the way. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's hard. We have to keep reminding ourselves of that, don't we? Emma, shall we slide over to you? Sure. Um, I think I'll jump on the point, uh, Jen and Kathy, that I wrote about this uh, last week as an empath. Um, I think 15 years ago or 10 years ago, I was just entering the workforce. Um, and um, I think as an empath, you let yourself on fire for people and you want to say yes to everything and be everything to everybody. But I think the pandemic has shown me uh, that it's, it's great to have boundaries, but also uh, there'll always be work. Um, so curving out time for personal well-being uh, is really important. And as a mother of two little girls, it's also really important to have time and space to be with them. As a fellow empath, lighting yourself on fire for other people, holy smokes, that is such a great way to describe it. And I, I know all of you, so I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna make an assumption. How many, by show of hands, would like to identify yourselves as fellow empaths? <laughs> yeah, see, that's why we're all here. <laughs> This is incredible. <laughs> Thank Boundaries you. Boundaries are love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, who have we not heard from? Claire? You'd have thought I'd have learned where unmute was by now, wouldn't you? Um, I wish that I had realized more that it's not all my responsibility to save everything and to do everything and that just because I will always be the one that volunteers first doesn't mean that I have to do it all. Um, and it did take getting ill and deciding what was really important and what, what 
was important but not as important to make me realize that but yeah the the real the the thought in my mind that well if it was up to me to do it because no one else was doing it I wish had occurred to me a lot sooner <laughs> yeah Living and probably that the world won't end if we don't do it yeah. <laughs> like having grace that you know everything doesn't have to be perfect and all that you know that life will continue with good enough yeah yeah that's so true so true thanks claire beth hi Just a second. Sure. That's okay. I think that when I wrote, oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> we it's all support your emotion. Yeah, take a second. I know. When I wrote down my things and as I look at them today, they're all very judgmental about my lack of wisdom. Mm. So um, I think. I think um, ignoring all these things that I wrote down, um, I think the thing I, I wish I knew is that time goes quickly and actually moments, um, moments, moments in your life that seem, in, you know, uh, impactful are sometimes because of the high intensity of the moment, but they have low durability for your life. Mm -hmm. um and I think that's true I mean one of the things I wrote down was uh these work people will never be there for you uh, and I think that that's um you know I mean I've lived a lot of places and you know none of those people will be at your funeral is part of that thing the things that are endure are your friends in your life and I think um trying to get ahead which which I did I was a single parent for part of that time um is an important uh, survival instinct, but there's a deeper survival instinct about your soul. I don't know, that sounds extremely crazy, but, um, but I think, you know, I had seven weeks off from my baby was born, my daughter, and, you know, there was a rush to go back and make money, and I was in the U.S., so, you know, I was lucky I got to spend one night in the hospital. My daughter's just about to turn 30, so, the Americans know that there was those times and it was like, out, out, out. Um, and, and I think the rush to prove myself, which we do when we're young, um, it's hard to understand how you are worthy in and of yourself, I think, in that youth. And, and because we're often judged by the amount of money we make and in nonprofits that's often low. I don't, I, there's something about all that that I wish I'd known before. So I'd, but I'd like I have to add a lot of that a little bit just because I think that one of the things that I learned from Beth, um, because Beth is a dear and cherished friend of mine. And one of the things I learned from Beth is the importance of the people that you choose to surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. um, and that you, you can either draw the people close to you and ask for help when you need it and know that if they need help, they'll come to you too. And you can really, you know, honor that. Um, and that, that is, that takes work. Like it takes work to do that because mm -hmm. many of us, especially in the nonprofit sector, when we're used to making something out of nothing, 
making it up as we go along, flying, you know, fly the plane as we build it, all those, mm-hmm. you know, lame but true mm-hmm. statements. You know, we have this instinct of sort of like, well, I can do it, I'll go it alone, you know? Um, and really not only is that damaging, personally damaging, it's also less, it doesn't work as well. <laughs> like it actually is less effective. Um, and so I learned from Beth the importance of really being intentional about finding the people that you feel you connect with, remaining connected to those people and knowing that it's not a burden to reach out and say, hey, I really need some help, but I don't know what I'm doing. And that in fact, that is a, like it's a river that constantly is flowing, you know? So mm-hmm. that go it alone piece, I, I learned to step away from because of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, Isn't that sweet? And comfort <laughs> has arrived. She's camera ready. <laughs> uh, I literally have my alarm fully set for twelve fifty. You know, ready to go. Sorry, love. Oh. I just, I just want to wrap up. I think just what Beth and Jen were saying is, um, you know, we model that when we can do that for ourselves and we model it out for other women, then it it tells them that it's okay to also give themselves that permission and that, as Angela said, that grace. Um, I'd like to go to Lakeisha and hear what you wish you had known 10, 15 years ago, and then we'll go to Comfort and she can introduce herself and then she can answer that question. Does that sound all right? All yep, right. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so as our conversation that we had um, the other day, 10 years ago, I was literally just becoming homeless. Um, I was at the beginning of my homeless journey that lasted for four years. So I would even go further. So 15 years prior to that, I was what, 25? Um, and I guess transparently speaking, still kind of trying to find my way um, in a sense and dealing with so much stuff from just childhood and not having a supportive system. So. You know, hindsight, looking back, I see how all of those different things even played a component and was a contributing factor in leading me to becoming homeless, you know, essentially um, just not having that foundation. And so what I wish I would have known um, was to trust myself more, not to rely on everyone else to tell me what to do, um, trust my instincts. <laughs> so I would, there were plenty of times and situations where choice that I made, I literally had a gut feeling that told me otherwise not to do something. And I went against it or took advice from someone that it literally did not resonate with my spirit. Um, and so I've definitely grown and gotten as I'm 40 now, <laughs> I'm very clear on having boundaries, even with people as well. Um, not letting everybody, you know, close and in my circle and saying yes to everything. Um, and giving myself permission to live the way that I want to you know, unapologetically mm-hmm. um, would be probably the three things that I wish I could have told my younger self. Um, and to prepare financially, have your, your finances in order <laughs> <laughs> and everything, because I just did not have that um, financial guidance from my family. And then the people around me at the time definitely were not financially savvy. So all of those different, you know, environmental factors did not help at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wish I could have told myself, you know, definitely, you know, tr- at the at the top of that list is trust myself more. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you no. for sharing that, Lakeisha. Yeah. Uh, 
I think we all, no matter our circumstances, it's part of our human female condition, right? We could, we're all identifying so much with all of that. Yeah. Um, comfort. I, I think it's not yeah. our female condition. I think women are told, I, I feel very strongly about this. We are conditioned socially not to trust our instincts for, for a lot yeah. of reasons. But one is because this higher person, this person who, you know, may or may not have a penis, people like that, we have to understand that they might know better. I mean, that could be your parents, it could be insert other trusted individual by society standards. I think women, I, I feel so strongly about this. I feel like we're taught not to trust our instincts, which are really, you know, speak to us because they're, they're more than gut. They're like part of our soul and what we need speaking to us. I feel really strongly about this. I really, really appreciate you challenging me on that because sometimes <laughs> I will say things without thinking about them. And, and it is International Women's Day. The theme is choose to challenge. And so I, I appreciate you voicing that. And you're absolutely right, Bethann. Thank you. I think the other part of our nature, though, as women, is that we are other-centered. Like our natural nature is to care about how is my child yeah, doing? Yes. How is my spouse doing? How is my partner doing? How is my girlfriend doing? How is my neighbor doing? Like we are so naturally concerned about others. We are we centered. We are relational people. And we don't. Even if it's detrimental to us. Absolutely. Lakeisha, can you say that again? I didn't quite hear it. Even if it's detrimental to us. Exactly. And so I think that sometimes we have to tell ourselves, think of me first. Like if that other disagrees with what I feel in my gut, as Lakeisha was saying, then gut comes for me comes first if there's a conflict. Um, there's nothing wrong with being other-centered until those others are detrimental to our own success and well-being. Yeah, yeah bravo. That's so <laughs> true. Yeah, thank you. Um, comfort, we're glad you're here. And, um, and, uh, and I apologize for any time zone uh, confusion. Is your mic on? Because um, I would like to give you an opportunity to let us know who you are, which land you're speaking from, if you know it, and how you identify, and um, what you wish you had known 15 years ago. Thank you, Kimberly, for the opportunity to be here. I'm so excited to see all of you and just to be listening to, to so many of you share. Um, my name is Comfort Sakoma. I currently work in um, fundraising for nonprofit organizations and also for trade associations. But for the past sort of decade, um, I've spent a lot of time living uh, primarily in West Africa, in Nigeria, Ghana, but also uh, in the United Kingdom and in Indonesia. Um, doing the very amazing work of uh, international development and helping to accelerate self-sufficiency and prosperity for millions of people um, around the world. And I've enjoyed that very much. Um, I've also spent um, a lot of the past 10 years working with women entrepreneurs um, across the African continent. Um, I've trained uh, about 25,000 women entrepreneurs um, on business development, helping them to export their products into uh, markets like Canada, the United States and the UK from the African continent. And that's been such a rewarding experience. Um, I'm embarrassed to say that I don't know the land that I'm on. I've just moved uh, here, but I will make sure that that is uh, something I learned today um, because I think that that's really important to acknowledge um, you know, where you are in the history of that place. And so I, I don't take for granted that, that I'm here. Um, 
what I wish I had known 15 years ago is that we will all make mistakes. And when we do, chances are you're going to forgive yourself before others do. But that should not um, deter you from moving forward. Um, I feel like sometimes when we make mistakes, we're looking for positive reinforcement from others, you know, in order to give ourselves permission to forgive ourselves. Um, and, and that can, I think, be very detrimental because people hold you to a higher standard that they even hold themselves oftentimes. Um, and so when you make a mistake, truly acknowledge that you have, apologize to who you need to apologize to, but then get on with the business of living. Mm -hmm. uh, and eventually, like someone said, time uh, is the only thing that will give you some sort of recourse and remorse from others. <laughs> we do hold on to shame, right? I mean, I just part of part of the values of this whole vision for the intersection is to name the shame. Because when we name it, we can move on from it and let it go. One of my girlfriends said to me yesterday, I needed to apologize to someone. And she said, she said, Kimberly, just bless it and let it go. And I went, oh, bless and release. Bless and release. That was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, I feel so moved to be around such strong, beautiful women. I can't, you know, and this is just such a, I hope you feel the same way. Um, we uh, will move on to our next topic for conversation as part of this conversation is to work toward creating more spaces like this that lift women up. And hopefully through intimate conversations like this one and other conversations. So, as part of our creation circle, I thought we could chat just a little bit about the four themes of International Women's Day. Um, International Women's Day is one of the most important days of the year to celebrate women's achievements, raise awareness for women's equality, lobby for accelerated gender parity, and fundraise for female-focused charities. So I'm curious from you all, I mean, that's a lot. Um, which one of those speaks to you the most or all of them, or if you had to prioritize, do you think we can? I'll jump in and I'm not sure that this is exactly the idea that they're talking about, but the, the one is celebrate women's achievements. And I think sometimes when we think about women's achievements, it's something big. And I think that's where we get into trouble because there are a lot of little things that we do every day. My daughter sent me a text the other day and her partner sent her a picture of what he had done at work. And he was so proud. He said, I did this today. And she sent a picture back of her daughter and said, I kept this alive today. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, like we're raising children. And now in this world of COVID, we're raising children up. I don't have kids. I have a dog laying on the floor snoring right now, but we're raising kids in the midst of trying to work and keep our house clean and tidy and all of the rest of the stuff that's going on. Yeah. <laughs> that's what people believe that, that yes, that's not I make my bed yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And so I think it's the little achievements. I got up this morning and I showed up in front of zoom. I, you know, had a shower. I went to that meeting and even though it didn't go well, I, you know, I raised my concerns and, 
yeah, there's some shame and I'm learning to let it go, but it's those little tiny things that we have to acknowledge that achievement in. Yeah. I actually totally agree, Kathy. And, and in fact, when I look at these, actually, I didn't know these were the four, are these the four priorities for International Women's Day no, this year? Uh, they, they said it's a year to do the fall, it's a year to celebrate following things. A day, it says, this is the cut and paste. International Women's Day is one of the most important days of the year to celebrate women's achievements, raise awareness about women's equality, lobby for accelerated gender parity, and fundraise for female focused charities. That was definitely written by a committee and it's a hot mess. <laughs> okay, so what, what, why do you think it's a mess? <laughs> well, I think two and three are the same thing. Raise awareness Wait, about women's but equality. but please let me know when women are equal and then yeah. we can raise awareness about that. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, it's- I zoned in. So because the theme is choose challenge, um, <laughs> <laughs> choose to challenge what what is international women's day to you how would you rewrite those bullets well that's why i jumped on what kathy said because i actually think that international women's day should be around celebrating women's achievements large and small um and i think that the uh you know all things flow from that you know when we acknowledge and and realize and recognize that the women that are working in our organization are contributing just as much or more as the others, then we end up with gender parity and equal pay because someone's not going to say, well, that person's going to make more money because of X, Y, and Z. Um, and raising awareness of women's equality, like, I mean, my grandmother was talking about that when she was advocating for the vote for women in, you know, the suffragette movement. So I just think that's, I think that really International Women's Day for me is about, um, celebrating and recognizing women's achievements. I do like the idea of fundraising for female-focused charities. I think that's a good addition to the International Women's Day general uh, sort of approach because I think, um, you know, that has been part of it that has sort of been left out of the conversation. Um, so I think that's interesting. But uh, yeah, I'm on team achievements. And I think the other ones, the other, certainly those middle two feel to me like somebody's Jar committee written jargon that really doesn't mean anything in practice and that as a writer and as somebody who likes to give and receive specific direction <laughs> that you know I just don't see that at all I think I saw Lakeisha raise her hand maybe that was unintentional yeah. but yeah. Lakeisha's just switching up her device because her okay. phone's about to die so okay awesome um, uh, but yeah so that's my that's why I, I wanted to just um, jump on what Kathy said because I, I that's that's where I landed on that Emma jumped in here. Emma, do you want to share that thought or shall I read it? I can read it. I can add here. Uh, I think it's the only way that uh, Sorry, your sound's not great. Maybe read it. <laughs> That's good. Okay, I'll read it. Uh, Emma said, agreed. I think it's the only way we can help the next generation of women break the glass ceiling. If we celebrate women's achievements and stop minimizing ourselves, that would be a great example for them. And I can I say it's not the first woman to do something that some man already did. It's women's contributions, which are generally sometimes the same as men's, but different than men's because women approach the world differently than than men or people who identify as women. I think it's important to value who women are. I, I don't know. And, and our approach, which is not always competitive and stomping people to the ground, although there's some of that. <laughs> 
um, comfort. Yeah. So first of all, I agree with what everyone has said, but I think also, I just want to share a quick experience and then um, talk about how I think that that can connect to uh, Women's Day. Um, when I was applying for a job, uh, you know, a few years back, um, I was given a job offer. And when I when I saw the job offer, I saw the salary and I, I showed it to one of my friends, a male friend who'd been in the corporate world for 30 years. He was very senior. And he said, no, ask them for double of what they've offered. If they're offering you this, then chances are the budget is significantly higher and they're trying to start low and see how far they can push. That was coming from a man. When I showed it to women in my life, they were like, well, no, don't do that. What happens if they you know, give it to someone else? Just take it. And once you get the job, you can kind of negotiate salary increases as you, as you go. And he was super adamant that, no, this is the lowest possible offer they can give you for the role. Ask for double and work your way from there. And I decided to follow his um, recommendation. And I was able to get 30,000 pounds extra on my salary than I was if I had just accepted it. And this really got me thinking about the question of the pay gap. Right. I think um, there's something to be said about, yes, there is a gender pay gap. We know that 70 cents to the dollar in most developed countries. But then my question or where I think that study is lacking is what percentage of women actually negotiate their salaries on the first offer. And I feel like Women's International Day is not just about it has to start going beyond achieving celebrating the achievers because I'm an achiever because really and truly, if I'm going to be very frank, a man pushed me to do what he does. Mm. But the women in my life, because of their comfort zones and not wanting to necessarily upset the status quo, even though they're wonderful women as well and very supportive women, just didn't have that in their frame of reference, you know, to be able to do that. And so I think that part of it has to be learning from those who have pushed the bar, who have asked for higher salaries, teaching women that never take the first offer on anything. If they offer you $80,000, ask for 150,000. And then you'll probably end somewhere around 100. But don't be afraid to do that. But, but the fact that they have offered you the job means that you are the most qualified for the work. Um, and so I think part of it also needs to be a commitment to teaching young women entering the workplace, but also older women who are maybe renegotiating new um, career paths. Mm -hmm. When you enter, how do you really value your time? And I, I see this a lot also with, with moms who maybe spent their 20s and early 30s being stay-at-home moms and then feeling like that doesn't count for anything in the workplace. When I got this job as um, uh, uh, where I was sort of head of Africa for a company, I talked about how my McDonald's experience was relevant to the role that I was going to be getting. And most people would never even bring that up. But there were so many things I learned about productivity and efficiency at McDonald's that I thought could be relevant to the work that I was going to do. I mean, I had other jobs as well, obviously, but I was very comfortable speaking about that connection. Um, and I think that more women who have spent a decade dedicating their work to their families should also be able to find ways to communicate the skill sets, people management, personality management, and so, so many other skills that come from that, that can translate to the workplace. Um, and I think until we do that, we're going to still find that generation after generation, we only have the anomaly of women who are being celebrated at the top because we're still not developing the survival skills that we need to be able to compete in the corporate environment. So I think that also for me is what I'd like to see Women's International Day become. Nice. Well said.
Well said, Comfort. I want to offer Lakeisha, I know you had um, you had to find another device to talk to us on. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to speak to this if there's something that popped up for you in it. Uh, you're on mute, honey. Am no? I? Okay, yeah. there yeah. we go. Yeah. Am I now? <laughs> Sorry, I've been, I'm, I'm literally having like Zoom fog, I think, because I've been on Zoom since like six o'clock this morning. Oh, dear. Um, Thank you for being here. <laughs> <laughs> so my apologies. Um, definitely, I related to everything that Comfort was just saying. I love this component that you said, and I wish I had actually took that advice when I worked in corporate of starting high um, and that way negotiating down, and then I probably would have been right at that ideal range that I wanted to be at. Um, so I love that you had said that. Um, of course, obviously, my focus is definitely on celebrating women's achievements. I think that it's not done um, a lot. And then when it is done, um, I think it was Beth that was saying it earlier, that it's always magnitude. So it always has to be so just huge as opposed to just, I celebrate the women that I work with every day um, and that I serve every day. Every little thing that they are doing um, every time I'm seeing them every single week that they're coming in, they're showing up. The fact that you're showing up, coming out of your situation, showing up, you know, when the van comes and picks you up from the shelter, getting on the van, you know, making a choice to say, okay, I'm going to show up and go to class every single week. I'm going to show up and make this change, you know, to better my life. That right there is an achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I make it a point to celebrate them. And we talk about that every single time I get a chance to them because we kind of take for granted time. You know, uh, my grandmother always would say, you know, give people their flowers while they're here. Mm-hmm. So and I think that's very important when it comes to we're having these conversations and we're in the spaces and we have the privilege to be in front of each other as women. You know, if you see, you know, a woman around you, whether you know her personally or not, and you've seen that she's doing something amazing or she's shining or um, like even in the clubhouse round, we see a lot of women sometimes will be in the same rooms together all the time. And you see that one woman that never really speaks and then all of a sudden she gets on stage and starts to talk. That's an achievement. Um, because you never know those little, and I don't even like to call them micro achievements. They're just achievements, period. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You acknowledging that for another woman is even a big thing for her. Um, because that may be the only acknowledgement that she is getting in her life, in her circle sometimes. Because we just, as women, we show up, we have a smile on our face, <laughs> you know, so from the outside looking in and the perception that we give to others. Everything is all in well and good. Um, and just to be able to get a hug or to connect or to hear a kind word or hear some kind of validation um, goes a long way. So I'm definitely passionate about celebrating women in, at every level that they are, um, regardless of what their background is, regardless of what they're involved in. You know, motherhood alone <laughs> is like an achievement. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm with you guys as long as, if, if my children are alive the next day, yeah. I've done well. Yeah. And there's five of them here. So no one went to the hospital. There's no cuts. You know, the, the, the ambulance or the fire department didn't have to come to the house. We're good. Like, that's a win. <laughs> so that's kind of my, that's my soapbox on that. Because I was literally just talking about this um, in another room um, on Clubhouse. And they were, you know, and... I just, I don't like hearing women minimize the things that they're doing. And so they'll do this, oh, just this, or I'm just a mom, or I'm just this. And it's like, no, remove that because that is who you, that is, you're more than just anything, you know, Um, and don't 
you know, make yourself feel small, regardless of, even if you don't get the validation. And hopefully that empowers women as they, we have these kind of conversations. Um, and then each of us spread out and go out and plant that seed into another woman to say, you know, and remind them, no, let me celebrate you. Let me honor you. Let me give you your flowers while, you know, I'm in your presence because tomorrow's not promised. We see that more now than ever. Um, we may not get the opportunity to tell her again tomorrow or next week, you know, or the next Zoom, you know, so that's my two cents on it. <laughs> that's so great. Tomorrow is not promised. Give your roses today. That's just yeah. beautiful. Is there anyone else who hasn't commented on on these four bullets? I, I was gonna I yeah. was gonna um, mirror what um, Comfort and Lakeisha said. Um, the bullet that resonated with me was celebrate women's achievement, but I really want us to rethink what we consider achievement. It, you know, it's not, we, we often talk about professional achievements or the first or um, those kinds of things. And I think, you know, it's funny that now that I'm on this group, even though I've been working now for, you know, back full-time working for about five or six years, being on this call is reminding me very much of my years when I was a stay-at-home mom. And those years, I had to really change my thought process of valuing the work that I did every day. And so I remember my son was nine months when I decided to stay at home. And of course, I'm a higher ed professional. I go to meetings, I have agendas, and I had agendas for him. We're gonna play with the ball for 30 minutes. We're gonna then go outside and run for an hour. We're gonna come back and like, I had his whole child development scheduled throughout the day. And I remember the first day I was fully at home with him and he wanted to roll this red ball. I'd set up a plank on the couch and he was just giggling hysterically, rolling this ball from the top of the plank down to the floor, running after it, chasing it, bringing it back and doing it over and over again. And after my 30 minutes that I had scheduled, he still wanted to do it. And I'm like, um, we've got to go on. I've got other things to teach you, you know? And, and I really had to stop myself and recognize that we have a, a, a created sense of achievement, of productivity in the workplace that, that doesn't necessarily fit what happens at home and with our children. And so I had to adapt myself to, if he's loving this, let me let him do this. You know, when, if, if we were um, homeschooling, um, if he loved being outside and looking for bugs and overturning, um, you know, logs and finding centipedes longer than I had scheduled, I wanted him to do that. He was enjoying learning. And so I want us to, I, you know, I really hope that we as women reinterpret what we consider achievement. Because when my teenage daughter walks in the house after a date and she scurries up the steps and doesn't say, hey, mom, and come and sit and tell me all about it. And I noticed that her fine was not like a happy fine. And I follow her up the stairs and find out, okay, how did it go? And we sit and she just shares, you know, her disappointment. That's achievement. At that moment, connecting with my daughter and hearing what's going on in her heart and being available to her to process those really important moments, mm -hmm. that's an achievement that nobody else may ever see. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I, I hope that we as women don't define achievement just by our professional 
um, actions because mostly every one of us said we identify as moms, as spouses, as partners. And so I hope that we celebrate achievement also in those different areas. I want to add on to that a little bit. I thought that was so, so amazingly well said. And when I, when my kids were little, they're now 16 and 14. And when my son was little, um, I would have these kind of, it was actually my first real experience with realizing how, how much I really wanted and needed to see a therapist because I would, I would sort of zone out a bit. Like I'd be doing something, you know, cooking supper and my son would be saying, mommy, 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 mommy. And I would just not even hear him. Like, it was like, it was like, it was blank. So I went and I spoke to a therapist and, you know, we sort of unpacked my life and what's going on and what's happening and why are you here? And, and of course at this time I had also just started a new business. Um, and so and, and I'm a very, I'm a high achiever. I get a lot done. I think fast. I talk fast. I, that's who I am and how I work. And this therapist sat across the table from me and she said, Jen, some of the things that make you a very exceptional business owner and CEO also make you a really shitty mom. Mm. And I was just like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do with that? Like, and I just, like, I literally felt like she had seen right through me. Like I was entirely invisible. Um, And it was a game changing moment for me because I realized that I was, kind of working with my kids the same way as I was working with my schedule and I was juggling and I was like well I don't I'm not talking to you now because I'm making your supper so if you need a story then story time is after supper time and after bedtime dude like this is in sequence and you know and it was such a big revelation for me to realize that I was uh, my instinct was to kind of in some ways parent in the same way that I was working um and it was a catastrophe and it didn't work. And this was, you know, 15 years ago, we were just talking about certainly in my community and in my life and in my background, we weren't talking about mindfulness, we weren't talking about meditation, we weren't talking about centering ourselves, that was all kind of stuff that came as a part of that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it changed the way I work, and it changed the way I parent. And I, you know, I, my sister, I'm very fortunate to be able to work from home. And, and my sister works from her home as well. And we swear by the fact that when a, when kids walk in the door, there's a window in which you'll be able to look them in the eyes and say, what's going on? Did something? And if they say no and go into the other room and play video games, then it's almost like part of that window closes for them. Mm-hmm. But if you like, just like what you're saying, Angela, about going upstairs with your kid, like when you catch that window and say, let me look you in the eyes and I think something's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's five hours later because, you know, they've been in after school care and you haven't seen them and, you know, by that time it could be gone, you know. So it was a very big reframing exercise for me around a lot of those work. And I've been working pre-COVID. I've been working from home the whole time I've run a business for 15 years now. Um, so I've always had to be very good at like, I know my laptop is right there. I know I could go and do a half an hour's worth of work and catch up on my email and I'll be ready to go tomorrow but it actually doesn't save me or my family anything. It doesn't help at all to be constantly lured into working. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I that, that moment for me, Jen, was when I was just starting to work in the charitable sector, the social good sector. And I loved my job so much. And my son was four 
And I thought he was better off at home with me at that time because I started out my mothering career at home with my kids. I was one of those moms. And I, uh, I, I remember telling him he could go and watch uh, TVO. He could go watch TV because I was working. And he came around the corner of my office and just cried and said, mommy, not TV again. And I was just like, oh, what's happening? So, so I, yeah, I hear that. And, and it, it speaks, what it makes me think of is how we are often expected to be everything to everybody all the time. And that can often leave us with the feeling that we are not doing anything well. So that was that was going to be kind of my point. I think when I well, read go those ahead, make points, it. When I read those four bullet points, I read them and went, "Oh, so that's what men think we should be doing for International Women's Day." <laughs> um, I, it it made me really uh, the whole concept of it actually makes me really cross because I think, "Woohoo! We get one day out of three hundred and sixty-five days to celebrate all this shit," and actually, it's going on day in day out, in every household, in every family, on every street, in every country. And it's going on against the backdrop of how many tabs do I have open in my mind about all these other things that I've got to be worrying about and I am responsible for and that I'm doing as well as and what does somebody think I should be achieving or not for International Women's Day? And it just made me really cross. And I thought it's it's all BS totally. This isn't about achieving, this is about surviving and keeping others alive and trying to stay vaguely sane while you're doing it and finding the right group of people around you to help you do that. Yeah. And that was where I came from. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. And we've been here for, we're a little bit over time, um, even though I love these conversations and I hope you all have as well. And um, I think Beth was going to say something and I want to hear what it is. Who? Oh. <laughs> I saw I saw Beth wiggle and I... Beth, no. <laughs> well, okay. I just feel like for me, this is coming around three things. One is paid and unpaid achievements because we tend to only get to value paid achievements. Mm -hmm. I love the ask for everything you want from Emma. Mm -hmm. I, I think this group could encourage women to ask for everything they want. It kind of reminds me of the Year of Yes book. And, and I was thinking comfort, for me, you talked about reach for everything you deserve. Mm -hmm. So part of that's a mind shift about what we do deserve that we might have internally with ourselves. But I, I feel like for me, it's always important to have something that moves the needle. Thinking of how we can help women get in that mindset to ask for what they deserve, um, ask for everything we want. I don't know. I feel like this group could like, right, have some power around mind shift, but also raising issues. I don't know. I just felt excited about how this was coalescing. Good, good, good. Because that's exactly <laughs> the next thing. Next thing. <laughs> <laughs> remember and it's probably because it's in my head all the time and this was a very quick development and so thank you all I'm so glad you were able to be here but this is what my hope and dream for the intersection is you all are part of a creation circle you don't ever have to come back uh, but we hope that you do because I think that there is space 
for us to have meetings like this in different time zones. I'd like um, to share the facilitation. I'd like to not be the only one responsible for the facilitation. And I would love the intersection on the calendar to say, and what I've heard is of those four topics, it needs to be women, you all, we all need to celebrate our achievements, paid and unpaid work. And my hope is that we can have a very equitable, inclusive, diverse community of strong women who can help each other rise. That's the hope, that was the inspiration. And, um, and, and I think we should um, give everyone a, an opportunity to make a final comment before we ask Angela to uh, end with a, a quote. Um, and before we do that, uh, because people may need to leave, you've now you've participated in this discussion. Um, the intent was to be able to share it multiple ways, to speak proudly about the fact that we did this together today. And I would like your consent to do so. If you are not comfortable um, consenting in public here, please send me a private message if, if you don't consent. And, and if you do not feel comfortable sharing this in the intersection sphere, which is very public, um, then I will respect and honor that, okay? So let's just have some final words from each of you before um, Angela finishes it off for us. I'll just start grateful to connect and grateful to be a part of building a different future. Grateful to connect with such a multicultural group of women uh, to be able to talk about the issues that matter to us all. And I'm really confident that with us here, we can prefer solutions that will um, help move the needle forward, like Beth um, so eloquently said. So thank you guys for, for having me here and for being here. Thank you, Comfort. Thank you, Kimberly. <laughs> Lakeisha? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna get this right, y'all. <laughs> so I want to give all of you ladies your roses um, and celebrate you for even coming in and showing up today and having these kind of conversations. Um, and I'm definitely, you know, honored and to be a part of this collaboration and definitely look forward to connecting and doing this again with you all. I'm so grateful to have met you on Clubhouse. Like, seriously, like, do we need to talk about how absolutely I know. <laughs> I love you. Clubhouse, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jen, would you like to go next? Yeah, I um, I'm also, you know, I Kimberly is a long time and dear, dear friend. Um, and so I was very happy to be part of helping this interest, you know, providing whatever support and help I can to the intersection. Um, and then when I got this invitation to be part of the circle, I just jumped at it um, because I think that it is very much needed for my own soul and also for others. Um, I have one of the Unexpected outcomes from COVID for me is that even though I have the ability to be in touch with as many people as I want to all the time, I really don't want to. Um, I think we're at a bit of a broadcast age right now where there's so much stuff and so much content and so much to respond to, get outraged about, and, you know, find our specific little lanes that work for us. And I really think that this is one that is important and valuable and as much as in some ways in my life I am cutting out some social media noise because I think it's important for my 
health in my life. I also think that, you know, this is one of those ones where like, I want to make sure I have the cup at the ready to be able to listen to this channel and mute others. <laughs> um, because I think this is one that really um, matters. And in a world of too much content without a lot of intention, this feels like content with intention. And I'm here for that all day. Oh, I love you, Jen. I really do. I love you too, Farfly. <laughs> Um, I don't know if we're losing people or if they've just take, moved their cameras off. Claire, if you're here and you'd like to present a final word, I welcome you to do that. All right, um, Emma, you want to give it a go? Emma's struggling with sound, so I'm watching. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this conversation and um, so pleased to meet all of you. and. Remember to ask it for everything you want. Thanks, Emma. Um, Beth Ann? Well, I'm happy to be here. As you know, I um, I like connecting with people, but <laughs> it's like like Jen, there's been I've I've I don't know, I've had to be a little bit of a turtle of late. Um, so yeah. I just want women to grow and I feel like this is a group that can help them uh, be at their maximum. Thanks. Comfort, any final thoughts? Um, I shared a bit earlier, so I don't wanna take up anyone's time. But Beth, I look forward to connecting with you also. Thank you for reaching out on LinkedIn, I love it. <laughs> well, you really added value, so I'm glad we got the time zone sorted out. Thank and I uh, hope that you'll come back. Absolutely. Yeah. Kathy, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting a little tired. Did you have a chance to share a final thought? I did. Okay. And Claire? Claire has young children that need her at bedtime. So um, we'll wish her all the best because she's in the UK in case you missed it. So she's quite a far mm -hmm. ahead of us. Um, Angela, final thoughts, and then if you could finish us off um, with some wise words from a wise woman, that would be great. Sure. Um, this has really been my pleasure to be a part of this group. Kimberly, thank you for inviting me um, in the midst of not only ending a, a, a challenging 2020 year, um, it is fantastic to take a moment. We are such achievers in raising money or serving others, engaging our donors and alumni, that it's a, such a treat to take an opportunity to refresh ourselves. And that's what I feel like this time has been with all of you. It has been a global women's moment of refreshment. <laughs> refreshment being um, encouraged, having and sharing positivity, motivation, empowerment, and affirmation. And we need more of that as women to keep going with all the work that we're doing, um, paid and unpaid. We need to take moments of refreshment. And this has been that for me. So thank you so much. Um, and I wanted to share um, this uh, quote. Um, I don't know if you can see it. Can you see that? I'm gonna see if I can make it really big. Um, my Angela has passed along, but um, someone posted this on Twitter and I shared it with you all privately. And it says, let me remind all women that we live longer, 
and better lives when we have sisters we love, not necessarily born in our bloodline or of our race. And I just thank you for sharing in this new community of women who are not of our own bloodline or all of our, who don't share the same race, but we share the same womanhood. And thank you, Kimberly, for bringing us all together. Having such incredible women come together with such open hearts was so humbling. Thank you for sharing that with us. You can see a shortened version of this conversation published on the Intersection YouTube channel. And you can learn more about the Women's Hub and how you can participate in future conversations on our website, intersectionhub.ca. Thank you for sharing some of your day with us.